Hello. So I'm now with our guest visitor for the week, the Reverend Mark Pengelly. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hello, Grace and St. Luke's. It's a pleasure to be here. And Mark, for the people who may not know who you are, could you just explain uh, your relationship to St. Luke's and also your role and why I'm talking to you today? Well, of course, the clue is in the name. Uh, I am your father or your dad. Uh, some folks will have met me. I've had the pleasure of getting to know uh, a few of the folks at St. Luke's since you and Owen and then more recently Megan have been involved in the congregation there. Uh, I had a very enjoyable day when you and Owen were married there. But I've also been interested in St. Luke's theology uh, and uh, I've read some of your former vicar's books. Uh, I've been a long time fan of Greenbelt, so we have that in common as well. Uh, and I'm here today um, because I've had an invitation to share in your service as it is uh, the Sunday when we remember Christ the King. Indeed. So something quite interesting happened to you over the summer that I think we're going to talk about now. Could you describe that event and how it came about? Well, in a nutshell, uh, I got arrested at an XR-associated demonstration. And it was quite a dramatic afternoon. It was uh, Thursday, the 3rd of September. I went and joined what's called a critical mass bicycle ride. I should say I had no intention of getting arrested. Uh, I was there to highlight what I believe to be the climate crisis. And it was during uh, the month-long XR demonstration period, and the critical mass was an associated event. And I wasn't trying to cause too much chaos. Uh, deliberately, I thought I would join in the bicycle critical mass ride to highlight uh, transport uh, and climate crisis issues. But the demonstration, the group of cyclists ground to a halt when some of the more radical activists at the front of our bicycle ride uh, sat down in the road and locked themselves together on Lambeth Bridge. And the rest of us all ground to a halt behind them. And although I really wasn't seeking it, uh, I got arrested along with the whole of the rest of the, well, about 230 cyclists. Uh, over the course of the next 12 hours from about 5 p.m. that evening, we were arrested and eventually, after a long period, because of the numbers, uh, spent a few hours in the cells before I was released under investigation. And uh, it, was, it was quite a, uh, a shocking experience. Um, I'm not naive enough to think that if I don't do anything associated with XR, such things are always a vague possibility, but I really wasn't looking uh, to mm. be arrested, unlike some people who uh, decide that that is definitely what they want to do when they're going on such uh, demonstrations. And that, I guess, is one of the criticisms of XR, is that people are kind of naively, you know, thinking that getting arrested is, you know, no big deal. 
and you know we can all just put ourselves in in the line of fire but having grown up with you as my father I know that being arrested and breaking the law in that way is not something that you would take lightly is that fair to say absolutely um you know in many respects i'm the most law-abiding uh middle class person who you know is a conformist in many ways Mm. um but i have to say although i wasn't expecting to be arrested um I, i wouldn't say i naively joined the protest thinking that there was no uh, likelihood of, of any difficulty whatsoever. Um, I, I think I felt that if I got involved in anything associated with climate protest, this was always a vague in the background kind of possibility. But I think what shocked me was uh, what I found to be the fact that I, I didn't have to be a deliberate nuisance to get arrested, not on this occasion. And that made these arrests uh, a little bit different than some similar ones in that they never said to me uh, well if you move along uh, you know we will uh, or if you don't move along we're going to arrest you and yeah. uh, nothing like that was ever said um, after a while we were uh, kettled on the bridge and the arrests were an inevitable outcome because um, the police had decided uh, that's what they were going to do. So they were taking quite a hard line approach with this particular protest and when you realised uh, that you were about to be arrested, so I was obviously on the other end of a, of a WhatsApp chat with you trying to figure out what was going on. When you realised that this was going to happen, how did you feel? And thinking about, you know, your role as a minister and as a person of faith, what was kind of going through your mind in those moments? Well, I suppose the the main thing that strikes me now is I was relatively calm about the whole thing. And that was partly because I, I was pretty helpless uh, and there wasn't anything I could do about the situation uh, a, a, apart from uh, accept what was going to happen. And, you know, over the course of an hour or so, it became obvious that we were all going to be arrested. And um, I, I guess I was shocked <laughs> to a degree, but but I was also resigned to it. And consequently... I was quite calm and relatively at peace. And I knew I would just have to wait and be patient. Um, you know, I, I wasn't fearful because I, I, I still believed that in a democratic country like ours, you know, my protest wouldn't result in something terrible happening. Um, and, you know, I was simply held in the cells for two or three hours um, after I'd well, it had taken me several hours to get prote- uh, processed, but it was, um, I was, I was relatively calm about it, which surprises me, really. I, I thought I might panic a bit more. Some people were very upset and, and uh, not panicking, but certainly quite distressed at what was happening to them. And, you know, obviously in many other countries around the world, being arrested for your beliefs or you know, your views on a particular issue would be a much more commonplace thing. In the weeks that have kind of followed this experience, how have you felt and and what have your reflections been on the 
kind of encounter, I guess, with the law and with the very real challenge, I think, of being a uh, an ordained person who, you know, is at odds with uh, the law in the country, which says that actually, no, Mark, you shouldn't have been obstructing the highway. Um, how, how do you reconcile those two things? Well, I've, I've had to give it a lot of thought in hindsight because I, I, I hadn't really thought through how I would answer such a question in advance. And that's partly because I wasn't expecting to be arrested. Um, but I, I have to say, I've, I've defended my actions and uh, in a sense, I don't apologize for them. Um, I, I put out a statement on Facebook explaining uh, why I felt that um, as a Christian, and I was wearing my dog collar uh, on this occasion, um, because I felt I, w- I was there, partly because my faith inspired me to be doing so. Um, I, I, I felt I, I had to... Uh, despite how unusual it might seem, say that on occasion we are required to even challenge the the law of the land when we feel uh, bigger issues, the things that God requires of us, are put upon us. uh, And if they're in conflict with those things, sometimes this will mean uh, making difficult choices as I did. And that's not a comfortable experience. You know, I think that's as somebody who has kind of been observing you throughout this, the fallout of this is that you have been criticised by other people and not everybody agrees with, um, you know, the actions that you took. How does that feel? Um, and how do you, you know, negotiate your your faith in that as well, because, you know, some of the people who might criticise those actions have been other people of faith too. Yes. Um, well, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's been a challenge, um, but um, I, 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 I haven't felt... Uh, that it's it's been too difficult ne- to negotiate. Um, the 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 criticism I had was uh, small in comparison to the support I had, uh, which was interesting. Um, and the, I, I guess that what's been interesting about it is that it's given me a great opportunity to raise the environmental issues. Uh, and relate that to my faith. And I've found an ability to bring that into my ministry in a way which has been uh, unexpected and uh, has made me say, why didn't I do this before? And I suppose perhaps the answer is because I was never really pressed on it before. And and it's been an opportunity to, to do that. And on a personal level, um, without your kind of vicar hat on, how has this affected your kind of personal faith and your own journey and experience with Christ? Well, without wanting to sound too sort of supercilious about it, it it's been a, a great encouragement to my faith. And um, 
you know, as I said in the piece I wrote for Facebook, when, when the cell door clanged, which was quite a dramatic moment, um, it, it's one of the few opportunities when I was very, very conscious of the presence of God and the prayers of all God's people surrounding me uh, in quite a tangible way, which I, I probably would say I don't experience day to day. So from a personal point of view, in terms of my faith, it's been uh, a, a positive and encouraging experience in terms of my encounter with God. Thank you very much. It's been really interesting to hear about your encounter and your uh, experience of being arrested. And obviously, we at St. Luke's will be thinking about you as you go on from here in terms of the consequences. Thank you very much for sharing your story with us, Mark. It's been a pleasure and uh, my best wishes to all the folks at St. Luke's. Thank you very much.